Welcome to today's edition of CS Computing News, in which we give you a brief but focused look at several of the biggest and most interesting technology-related stories. Our first story is, Hackers Attack Internet Naming Authority. A spear phishing attack breached the internal systems of the Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers, the organization known as ICON, announced recently. The attack considered significant because the U.S.-based international nonprofit organization coordinates the Internet's critical domain name and IP address systems. The recent attack began in late November 2014 when the unidentified hackers sent ICANN staff members email messages designed to look like they came from the organization's own domain. The agency didn't specify how this occurred, but the spear phishing messages might have linked to a fake ICANN page that asked the unsuspecting employees to log in with their email credentials. Several employees provided their credentials, which the attackers used to access internal emails and other ICON systems. For example, they gained administrative privileges to the centralized zone data system, the CZDS, which helps users access websites by resolving domains to numerical IP addresses. The CZDS is also used by domain name registries to manage the allocation of new generic top-level domains. Accessing the system gave the hackers access to top-level domain zone files, which contained sensitive data including domain name owners' names, usernames, and encrypted passwords, street and email addresses, and phone and fax numbers. ICON says that it has deactivated all CZDS passwords and notified affected users who can request new passwords at czds.icon.com. That's I-C-A-N-N dot org. The hackers also access ICON's members-only government advisory committee wiki that contains public information, one wiki user's profile, and user accounts on the ICON blog and ICON Who Is information portal. And the attackers might have accessed confidential information about the Internet's addressing system and plans for its future depending on the jobs held by the ICANN employees whose accounts they compromised. The agency says it began security enhancements to its systems earlier this year and now will implement additional measures. Our second story is looking for ways to let mobile apps work and play well with one another. One frustrating issue for smartphone owners is the ability of their apps to readily communicate with one another. Users say this causes them to miss out on the benefits that would occur if, for example, an e-commerce program could talk to a consumer product rating app so that users could learn more about potential purchases. Now, though, big and small companies alike, including Facebook and Google, are trying to remedy this situation. Allowing apps to communicate would not only benefit consumers, but would also give search engine operators, online advertising sales companies, and other businesses access to considerable potentially useful information that's now isolated within apps. However, doing so is a challenge as mobile apps don't have links, web addresses, or other mechanisms that make communication easy. Key proposal is the use of universal web addresses that work with programs as well as web pages. This would enable deep linking among applications. 
Google's developing app indexing technology to catalog application pages, whose data would then become available to the company's search engine. This could enable Google to better target its search-related advertising to individuals. Twitter's developed Twitter Cards, which let users go from the company's app to another program on their smartphone. Facebook's working on an open standard of deep links to help apps connect to one another. Famous Industries is taking a different approach by building websites, which are linkable and thus can communicate, that look and act like apps. Of course, some companies may not want other programs to have access to the data in their applications. Also, if multiple companies develop their own application communication technologies for different developers to adopt, apps still won't be able to talk to one another often. Our last story is California Prisoners Learn Programming. Many companies search high and low to find a good programmer, and now they have a new place to look prison. Via a class called Code 7370, 18 inmates at California's San Quentin State Prison, near San Francisco, have begun learning software and web development. The program is sponsored by The Last Mile, a California nonprofit organization that provides business and technology training for incarcerated men and women. The purpose is to provide them with a way to make money while behind bars to prepare them for jobs and life after prison, and to reduce the chance of return. The six-month Code 7370 program is intensive, with classes held eight hours per day, four days per week. The inmates were specially selected to participate in the program based on their ability and motivation to learn. Many have already taken courses in entrepreneurship and have developed business plans for startups. The coding class is held in a former prison print shop. In keeping with security procedures, inmates are strip-searched when they arrive and leave. The prisoners face several obstacles that normal coding students don't confront. Some have been incarcerated for so long they're completely unfamiliar with computer technology. In addition, San Quentin regulations forbid internet access, which is a must for most programming students. The last mile thus had to design code 7370 with this in mind. The instructors from the Hack Reactor Training Company communicate with the prisoners via the Google Hangouts instant messaging and video chat platform, the only outside connection permitted. The last mile plans to work with the California Prison Industry Authority to help graduates get programming jobs, paying prevailing market wages while still behind bars. Thank you for listening, and check back for another edition of CS Computing News.